You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a special bi-week edition of the I Love Gold podcast. I am Tyler Brook, joined alongside Chris Burke, as always. Uh, Chris, it's kind of balmy in Indianapolis, Indiana. You know, it's like a balmy 35 degrees right now. How is it doing in uh, Green Bay? Well, uh, so looking at my weather app right now the current air temperature is 13 but the wind chill is minus five um it's cold winter winter has come um it's uh and it's actually going to get worse the wind chill and it's probably going to be pushing like minus 20 going off of these numbers uh winds howling it's cold we got some snow yesterday it's football weather though i mean it's football weather baby it's football season yeah, I mean, we're recording this on Monday night before the New England Patriots-Buffalo Bills game, and all the scenes we're seeing from this is wind gusts so bad that the field goal posts are shaking. Uh, winter football, there's nothing like it, especially in Lambeau Field. Uh, got a great game coming up against the Chicago Bears. We wanted to do things a little different today since it is uh, coming off a of bye week. We're usually at the recap show or the recap after the recap, so to speak, on the feed. Um, but we wanted to start first with a couple you know, housekeeping things some news updates, and then we wanted to break down some of our favorite moments uh, from the Green Bay Packers season, uh, 10 to 1. Uh, very much looking forward to that. But before we get into the news, before we get into anything else, Chris, the Detroit Lions, they did it. They finally did it. Clap it up. I know it's looking outside, looking at my thermos, uh, looking at the thermometer, hell actually froze over. Um, it's, <laughs> I, I, the Detroit Lions win a game and then Wisconsin turns into Siberia. I mean, that's just kind of how, um, that's just kind of how things happen, but yeah, a fantastic game. Um, you know, they jumped up to that lead at the half and I thought, I'm like, they, are they actually going to do this? Minnesota started to come back. And at the end, it was just like, man, I don't know. That's, uh, I thought I'm like, they're, they're, the Lions are going to lie in and Jared Goff of all Played hero ball. Um, great touchdown pass at the end. I mean, a, da- a perfectly thrown ball, actually, to uh, little St. Brown, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's the uh, younger brother, of course, of Equinemius St. Brown, Packers wide receiver. So, um, got to feel good for him at this point. I mean, that is such a snake-bitten franchise. Um, I know I've called him a poverty franchise at some point, and the way the Fords have run things, maybe, maybe they've deserved it. But... Uh, I feel bad for those fans, man, because God, that, that franchise has been through the ringer and, it, you know, 364 days since their last win and they can't hold them down for a full year. Apparently. I, I love Dan Campbell too. It's hard not to root for that guy. That guy just seems like a crazy person and I kind of love it. He's, you know, he's just the ultimate football guy and it feels way better to root for the lions when it's them beating the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are 0 two since they played the Packers. They've lost Dalvin cook and Adam Thielen. Uh, Cook might be out for the year or at least close to it. And then Thielen has a high ankle sprain. Uh, it feels like the wheels are falling off a little bit ever since they won their Super Bowl, which is beating Green Bay. 
you know, that's, isn't that kind of how it always happens with them? You know, they get such as being a Vikings fan too, I guess, you know, you get a little bit of hope and then bam, the football guys uh, beat you down. Um, but yeah, I, Delvin Cook, though, what I mean, I I honestly got feel bad for him. What a fantastic talent, but he can't seem to stay healthy for a full year. And you know how much how much more abuse can his body take before, you know, you got to start looking at other options potentially, Minnesota. Not to go too hot take on it, but uh, man, uh, but yeah, wheels are falling off, and at the perfect time, uh, Packers can now actually wrap up the division with a win on Sunday if Minnesota loses at home to Pittsburgh on Thursday, which is a very strong possibility. Pittsburgh is looking a little better. So yeah, not only are they uh, looking better, but Minnesota is playing on a short week with all these injuries. So, and I think believe their uh, left tackle Christian Darisaw also likely not to play. So just a beat up team, uh, you know, obviously with Dalvin cook, that's just the nature of the position, right? Especially with how physically he plays, this is completely unrelated, but I don't know if you've watched any Georgia football, uh, his little brother it plays running back for them and looks exactly like him. It throws me off every time I watch him. He takes the helmet off. I'm like, did they just get Dalvin Cook on their team? That doesn't seem particularly fair. No, isn't, isn't that kind of crazy, though? I mean, it's can you imagine if the Vikings got him? I mean, you could make the, <laughs> the joke of having too many, too many cooks in the kitchen. But um, wow. It, wow. I'm, I'm that's sorry. a good am, one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the possibility. All with the old and with the new. You know, you trade out one for another. Well, I think that's enough Vikings and Lions talk. Uh, you know, as much as I would love to keep talking about the Lions getting their first win of the season. Uh, just a couple of news updates before we get into a quick look at the Bears. Um, big pot. Actually, Chris, what do you want? You want good news first or you want bad news? Uh, it's the bye week. The Packers won without playing. Let's start with the good. Keep that high going for a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, in today's press conference, Matt LaFleur did uh, indicate that he think he's hopeful that David Bakhtiari, Darius Smith, and Jair Alexander will all practice this week. Um, to go from, you know, none of them being there to them all potentially practicing, you're talking about like three potential all-pro players coming back in time for a stretch playoff run. Personally, not worried about them playing the next couple of weeks. As long as they can get, you know, two or three games in before the playoffs – that's where I'd like it. I'd like to see them practicing a little bit just to shake the rust off. Yeah, especially for, you know, David Bakhtiari, who's been, I mean, he came back briefly and then he had that setback, but I mean, he's especially going to be a little rusty because he went down at the end of the, almost a year ago with that ACL injury. So yeah, I would definitely like to see him practice a little more. Um, Zadarius Smith is probably, I think has had the second longest layover, but I mean, yeah, what a great time to be getting them back because he get into the stretch run and, it's probably going to be a dogfight for that number one seed. So you want to be full strength going into the playoffs. And uh, after all the injury shenanigans this year, definitely uh, arrows starting to point Green Bay's way. Knock on wood. Yeah, it's time for some breaks to start coming their way as far as injury luck. I mean, just what a brutal season for injuries. Uh, a couple of weeks, I'll be playing another injury-riddled team in the Baltimore Ravens. It'll be quite interesting just to see how the two teams are trending. Um, bad news as far as, I guess, injury-related-ish. Um, Jordan Love did test positive for COVID. Um, so with Aaron Rodgers not practicing this week, that means it is Kurt Bankert season. Kurt Bankert off the practice squad will likely be taking the almost entirety of first team snaps, which just feels very weird to say. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but hey, it's Bankert season. I mean, he'd I'd be great benefit. I mean, Matt LaFleur did say he was hoping Aaron Rodgers could practice this week. Not sure what that means. I mean, maybe 
Benkert still is probably going to get at least, I would assume, half of the reps. Um, but yeah, what great opportunity for him to learn. Uh, Jordan Love, however, can still play on Sunday. Uh, he just has to have two negative back-to-back tests. Um, and then he can pod the earliest he can return is Saturday because he is fully vaccinated and actually vaccinated, not immunized. Um, so he, uh, he, in theory, he's got a, probably a better chance of playing Saturday than Rodgers did. Uh, yeah, well, the thing that stinks about this, like obviously excited for Banker to get an opportunity, just, you know, get some reps. You know, he's never going to probably be a starting quarterback or get a lot of opportunities to play. Uh, good opportunity for him, but on the opposite side, you know, this was the opportunity for Jordan Love to actually get, you know, some reps with the ones, you know, while they're sitting Rodgers in practice with his foot injury. Uh, that just stinks because I feel like this kid, it's his second season, he's just having a rough go of it as far as his development. It has been anything but linear. Um, so time will tell how that impacts him, but, you know, it's just, it kind of stinks uh, not getting those practice reps when you can. Um, I don't have any other injury news, Chris. Do we do we want to talk about the Bears game? Do we already assume what the result is? The Packers are 13-point favorites already. I, I'm completely anticipating a beatdown, but I would not be doing my job as trying to appear unbiased if I didn't mention the Packers are 0-2 off the bye under Matt LaFleur. So I don't just want to think this is going to be some kind of a cakewalk. You know, the Bears are all but done for they're going to give they're going to be do their best to play spoiler um they're obviously not playing their best football right now but i still i i wouldn't overlook them but i i'm fully expecting a beat down but um i gotta keep gotta keep at least one eye open two things here you know one i think if the vikings lose on thursday night football backers are gonna smell blood in the water chance to lock up the division this early before christmas is absolutely wild uh just thinking about that still uh, and then, wow! What was my second point? Holy crap! But yeah, well, well, you get yeah, well, you well, you get your thoughts together. <laughs> I, you know, I got it. I, I would agree with that. You know, if the Vikings lose, I think that's enough to keep the Packers' eye on the ball, so to speak. Um, and I just, I, I don't see that. I think that would that probably would be the best thing for them. Is like, hey, we can wrap up the North right away. Let's get this over with, and then we can focus on the number one seed. So I definitely think that would be the best, best thing for them. Don't worry, I remembered it was Matt Nagy. Number two was just Matt Nagy. The fact that he is still employed by the Chicago Bears gives me a lot of confidence. He's not playing on a short week or anything like that. He's got plenty of time to completely overthink everything, and it will be a mess. He'll probably overthink and start Andy Dalton, even if Fields is 100% healthy. Uh, One point I will say, this is the one thing I want to say that's not snarky about Matt Nagy. I do appreciate that he said on record on Monday that, you know, even we're not going to take absolutely any chances on Justin Fields health. That is priority number one. And I think for a guy who is coaching for his job to, you know, essentially preserve the future franchise quarterback, even if he's not there, I respect that. Well, I, you'd kind of, I, yeah, I would agree. You can't risk Justin Fields. You know, you're getting to that time of the year now where if he suffers, some kind of significant injury it's going to carry over into next year and maybe maybe the mccaskies and ryan pace decide to ride with nagy for another year crazy there's crazy no stuff way happens i'm convinced there is absolutely <laughs> no way everything i've heard i you know i listen to some chicago podcasts because i'm from chicago and i just kind of like to listen to bears fans kind of be delusional at times uh that they're all convinced every single person in chicago is convinced that matt nagy's gone at the end of the year uh i've convinced myself that being said 
extends Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy through next 10 years. Let's go. You know, they could they could use the whole um, you know, what Brian Fields is young Brian Fields, Justin Fields is such a young quarterback uh that he needs to he needs consistency. You know, they that's now, the only and that's like that is such a I, I can't even, I couldn't even finish that thought. Burke, you ignorant slut. <laughs> you you need to figure out the whys, you know, that's what Matt Nagy always says. And the whys are, you just don't have a very good offense. Um, they just have this weird situation. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but they need a smarter offensive mind with fields. Uh, one of the things that drives me nuts is when he's out there, they don't utilize him on the move enough. And he's an extremely mobile quarterback. One of the most athletic quarterbacks you'll see in the league. Don't utilize that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who plays though. We will see if fields is healthy. He'll be out there. If not, it's going to be Dalton. Either way, I feel pretty confident about a win and the fact that they're 13 point favorites. And it sounds like it's unlikely or it's up in the air that Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack or Akeem Hicks will play. And those are like, they're three good players. Yeah. I, I, I kept forgetting about that too. So that, yeah, that. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind of ruins everything. Name anyone else that you would consider good besides those three and maybe fields. And I would say Robert Quinn. Oh, David Montgomery. And I think that's the list. Yeah, I was going to, Montgomery was going to be my other option, but, um, yeah, that's, that's really all there is. Um, the offensive line, I'm like, I'm literally going through the position players and yikes cupboards, cupboards bear. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we both feel pretty confident in a win. We'll see what happens any given Sunday, you know, but nothing would be better than clinching the NFC North uh, in front of a national audience in prime time. So that being said, let's go ahead and move into our little bi-week topic, uh, breaking down the top 10 highlights of the season, you know, just moments from the season that we've really appreciated. Wanted to take a look at um, Chris, you want to start us off with number 10? Yeah. Number 10, we have, Jair Alexander going across the field for an interception in San, against San Francisco. You want to talk about tracking a ball. Perfect. I, um, you know, that was kind of the thing with Jair we've always talked about is, you know, he, he's got to get the interceptions. Uh, boy, he got himself one there. If I recall, it was like, it was like a cover three concept and he was not, he wasn't supposed to track that ball, but he saw, you know, his receiver, his zone kind of like run in and he just saw, oh, Garoppolo's throwing this deep. I'm just going to sprint back there. Goes, I think it was like 30, 40 yards, something on the ball, tracks it all the way, uh, breaks it up on Kittle, gets the pick. I wrote it down just because makes me miss Jair Alexander, man. The secondary is playing out of their minds without him. But can you just imagine what it's going to be like when he's back? Well, I mean, what what do you do? I mean, do they they have so many dime options you know i don't want to say dime could be based obviously that probably isn't sound football but no don't say that that's mike Pet- that's no, mike that- petton football right there <laughs> yeah that 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 was not serious before anybody likes the comments on fire that was that was that was a joke um but they're gonna have a lot of options there you know that joe barry can get really clever with you know disguising coverages right you know you can mix and match guys in and out um obviously you're not going to keep alexander off the field but boy, they've got depth there all of a sudden now, and that could really um, allow some mad science to emerge on the defensive playbook uh, to end out the year. I'm hoping to see some of Jair in the slot, assuming he's fully healthy. I just love the way he helps in run coverage or on swing passes, things like that. Likes getting his nose dirty. Um, You know, Rasul doesn't have the athleticism for slot, but he does some of that as well on the outside. 
You're right. It's weird. It's weird thing about the defense having depth across the board. Just been a very fun season in that regard. Uh, off to number nine, uh, we have Rashawn Gary against the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of my favorites, probably my favorite sack of his of the year. He's had a lot of really technically impressive, you know, he's had some different pass rush moves, things like that. This one against Big Ben, he literally tackled Ben Roethlisberger through an offensive tackle. You didn't need technique there. That's just like the perfect relative athletic score coming into play where you just body an offensive tackle. I mean, you're going through, so you've got a linebacker. We all know how good Rashawn Gary is as an athlete, but you're going through an offensive tackle to get to Ben Roethlisberger. Ben might be old and he might be falling apart, but he's still a big dude. Yeah. And he, uh, it just, the sheer power of that, uh, that was, that was a Bane, that was a Bane move right there by Rashawn Gary. Thank goodness that elbow injury ended up not being too serious. I mean, when that happened in Seattle and I was thinking about missing him for, you know, potentially the year. Oh, ooh. No, I did not like that was not a fun thought. No, I mean, all of a sudden he's become such a key. He's become such a key cog for the defense, right? With a pass rush. I mean, you miss Zedarius Smith, but Rashawn Gary has, I think we can officially call it a breakout year. Would you say that's a fair description? One million percent. You know, if you're looking at the box score, it's like I think six and a half sacks. It is a career high for him. When you're looking at pressures and just when you watch, when you just watch him, he's a completely different player. He's always been athletic, but to see him actually make pass rush moves, set guys up, get them off balance. It's, it's just awesome to see, man. Yeah. He just has to, just has to keep contained at some point, but that, you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Don't say that on Twitter. He'll block you. I definitely don't know that from firsthand experience. Anyway. That, all right. That, 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 that too was a, I, since this is only an audio podcast, we don't take video. That was that too was a joke. That made me a little sad. I love Rashawn Gary too, but you know what? What happens happens. I'll still root for him regardless. Uh, Chris, what do we got for number eight? Ah, uh, coming up at number eight, another defensive play: Devondre Campbell forcing a fumble at the goal line versus the Washington Football Team. Uh, great, uh, Devondre Campbell. I don't think needs any further introduction to Packer fans. Show has shown all year what a legitimate inside linebacker can do. Um, Green Bay was, you know, struggling at that point a little bit with, with Washington, uh, but that that play really kind of turned the game around. If you remember, you know, this was immediately after uh, Taylor Heineke gave himself up, thought he scored a touchdown and did a Lambeau leap. I believe this was the very next That's play. That's right. Yep. He, you know, Campbell leaps up, punches it out. Heineke recovers, but is not able to get, you know, forward progress into the end zone. So just amazing play. This felt like the real turning point when all of our Pro Bowl vote Devondre Campbell propaganda really started, like, you know, picking up some steam. Uh, he had a few plays that stretch with that. Um, and then the interception in overtime against the Bengals where, you know, what, what blows me away, I don't believe he's in the top voting for Pro Bowl votes for linebackers right now. We absolutely need to change that. If you're listening, tweet it right now. You know, Devondre Campbell, hashtag Pro Bowl vote. Uh, Packers fans, we got to do a better job of this, man. He's got to get in. We got to let him get into the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. And, you know, that we showed, you know, we talked all, we've talked all year about mocking the belt. Look what happened after you mocked the Lambeau leap. Just don't make fun of any Packers celebrations and you'll be fine. <laughs> Going in at number seven, uh, we... This will be the only player, I believe, looking through here, that is a two-timer on the list. So congratulations to former practice squad member Rasul Douglas for his pick six against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, 
in a game that was just utterly dominant against, you know, the theoretical Super Bowl favorites to see Rasul Douglas break downhill on a pass. I believe it was intended to Cooper Cup and then just take it all the way for a score. Man, that felt good. I mean, what a what a brilliant track by Douglas on that, right? I mean, Cooper Cup has had a phenomenal year for Matthew Stafford. He's become uh, Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson, you know, to Aaron Rodgers is what Cup's become to Matthew Stafford. But he broke on that play perfectly. And you just saw that, you know, we, we don't really talk about with him, but his closing speed was, has just been phenomenal. He broke it perfectly and then, you know, was able to make a relatively easy trot into the end zone. And Joe Barry's defense getting on the scoreboard. So, hey, uh, big, just a that game, in theory, that really put the game away. L.A. kind of made it, sort of made it interesting later, but um, I don't know what it is with him in exclamation points, but I hope he keeps doing it all year. What was the quote? Was it was Joe Barry? I think it was Joe Barry called out Rasul. He's like, I don't think that guy has a girlfriend or a wife because he stays really late for practices watching film. And I was like, geez, dude, just calling the guy out like that. <laughs> well, you appreciate the dedication, right? Um, 100%. He's having a great year. Uh, Chris, what we got for number six? Actually, it feels fitting that you're doing number six. Uh, number six. If I, you know, I always made a, I've made a joke on Twitter throughout the year that if Chris Barnes ever scores a touchdown, I'm changing the spelling of my name. It's already with a K, but I want to change it to a Y. But uh, that game, you know, that, that obviously was a fairly ugly game against Kansas City, but uh, Chris Barnes, like, you know, Darrell Williams at the goal line, just, uh, man, uh, that, I felt that one all the way over here in Wisconsin. That man has had, you know, a really nice second season uh, in the league. It's been awesome to see. He's not always great. Uh, but he has those flashes this game against Kansas city on tape. He made plays play after play. It was awesome to see. Um, I think having a mentor like Devontae Campbell helping him out too has been great, but yeah, man, that was probably the most vicious hit a Packers players had in some time. You know, it's kind of what we've been talking about too, with the defense kind of missing that nastiness, right? Uh, that, that was a very nasty, but clean hit. Um, and you know the thing about Chris Barnes is he's such a fundamentally sound tackler, which in you know in recent history you can't really say that about a lot of members of the Packers' defense. But uh, clean hit, solid hit, uh, kind of those that violent. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that I think that I think I think I tweeted that it registered on the Richter scale on that hit. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, they didn't come away with the win in that game. But boy, that was a highlight play for a defense that actually had a highlight day despite getting the loss. Yeah, that's what stinks about that game because it came away with a loss. People are going to forget that it was just it was a textbook performance of, hey, this defense is actually good. Look what they're doing to Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill. Pretty sure he had his entire offense out there. Um, you know, this defense is for real, man. You know, if you're just looking at all the plays we've talked about so far, every single one has been a defensive play. That is kind of wild to think about. But moving on to number five, it is our first offensive play on the list. Uh, A.J. Dillon's rumbling, stumbling, bumbling reception against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, just making guys miss, keeping his feet in, staying in bounds, finishing it with, what was that, like a 50-yard gain? Devontae Adams at the end gassing him up. Uh, it's been a truly breakout year for the second-year running back. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that I think anybody that had doubts about Dillon Going into the season, it was still, you know, how is he going to function as a receiver? You know, in LaFleur's offense, he got to function as a receiver. Uh, answered the question very well. Uh, he's played well in screen, you know, out of the screen. He's been able to make guys miss, been able to use that power uh, to get down the field. And for a big guy like that, he's surprisingly shifty. 
Um, those quads are very agile. So uh, that was a phenomenal play, though. Uh, he just, uh, <laughs> that's immediate. You know, it's funny you, how you presented that because I kept thinking of Chris Berman rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. <laughs> Thank God he didn't fumble. But yeah, that uh, that was just a phenomenal play by him. And uh, look forward to seeing more. You, you think about how important that impact is. You've probably heard a lot of analysts talking about how, you know, teams are trying to stop quarterbacks by playing too high, right? You know, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys that can bomb it deep. Uh, the way to beat too high is run the damn ball and then, you know, be comfortable with your check downs and, you know, taking the short what they give you. Uh, so that's something they've been doing with A.J. Dillon, and you're starting to see a lot of success with it. Um, he's making a lot of catches outside of his frame as well, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, he's, you know, even though they're not highlight plays, he's doing what it takes to get north, south, get a first down. Uh, that's been a huge part of his game. And it's kind of great having not one, but two running backs that are, you know, dual threats at this point. And that's really kind of what you have to, what you have to have now. Right. And you saw San Francisco darn near win a Super Bowl that way. And I, I, I'm glad Matt LaFleur has kept that as part of his offense. I mean, that is a big staple of the Shanahan offense anyway, but, uh, yeah, you got to you got to have two and man, AJ Dillon's fun to watch and with it getting very cold here. Something to watch, you know, they got that you want to pound that pound that bowling ball uh, in the winter months at Lambeau. Like they're perfect Packer football player. Is it supposed to be cold like it is right now uh, on Sunday? Uh, hang on here, I'm pulling that up right now. Uh, very early forecast right now for Sunday. Actually almost balmy, high of 38, low of 27. Uh, snow showers the day before but yeah it's as we all know in wisconsin if you just don't like the weather wait five minutes so i mean that very well could change but i'd, I'd probably put i probably will put it probably right around 35 for the game if i were to guess i'm anxiously anxiously awaiting an aj Dillon snow game again maybe we'll get in the playoffs it'd be great but you know fingers crossed how about number four chris number four uh again too bad this came in a loss but MVS deep shot versus Minnesota. Uh, the Packers have been trying so hard all year to connect on the deep ball. It finally happened. And this is where you can really, I'm so glad to see MVS was the one that got that. Cause you can see the value he has to that offense. He's been dogged, you know, by the debate over his hands, but uh, wow, that was a phenomenal play. And the guy can spoiler alert. The guy can move. I love listening to Aaron Rodgers break this down on the Pat McAfee show. Um, schematically i like that they had um Devontae run a deep in harrison smith bites on that so there's you know open space over the top but also aaron Rodgers had to get that ball out quick because the vikings ran a creative little stunt uh gave surprise the interior of the offensive line some trouble so he had to get that out quick uh, just a beautifully executed play all around and a good play call right before the two-minute warning the problem was it's, it's the problem that uh, opposing teams always have with the Packers. You know, you left too much damn time on the clock and, you know, if Darnell Savage gets that interception, the next play from scrimmage, we're talking about it differently, unfortunately, but man, what a play. It was awesome. Let's go ahead and move on yeah. to, Oh, sorry. You got, you got anything else? Yeah. For that? Just, uh, I, I hope they continue to go, you know, they, I, they don't want to get too far away, but I would like, you know, obviously with MVS now healthy again, really would like to see them stretch the field a little bit more. I think that's the one element of the offense that's been missing. So hopefully that was a harbinger of things to come. Yeah. Like we've said, I think we said last week, maybe the week before, just talking about the deep ball. Um, there's been some debate. I really respect Paul um, for, you know, bringing up the debate, you know, is Aaron Rodgers deep ball really back? So we'll have to see if that continues, if it's sustainable. I'm looking forward to it regardless. Um, number three, this 
personally, this might be my favorite. Uh, was just giving Aaron Rodgers, quote unquote, too much time against the San Francisco 49ers. How many, how many seconds did they have on the clock without any timeouts? Was it like 30? I can't even remember at this point. I want to, I want to say it was 32 is what I want to say it was. It was right around the 30-second mark, but you're not far off. I'm looking it up. I'm very curious. I want to say it was 32 seconds, but yeah, again, way too much time on the clock. I mean, do people not learn? You got to leave Aaron Rodgers 10 seconds or less. You leave him 20, 15, maybe even 15. He's going to find a way to hurt you. And that one chunk play to Devontae that set all that up. Uh, people, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and you know, expecting different results. You know, Are people ever going to learn? I mean, Aaron Rodgers just turned 38 and people apparently still haven't picked that up. No one runs a, a desperation two-minute drill quite like Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's a sight to behold. I always enjoy seeing it. Um, Number two, we got we got the repeat, Chris. Yeah, uh, Rasul Douglas, game ceiling interception against Arizona. Um, from a personal standpoint, I remember just as Arizona was going down the field, and I'm already like, God, they had this game, and they're gonna blow it. Sucks, it's got to end this way. What is it about this stadium that results in heartbreak? And then Rasul Douglas stole. AJ Green and Kyler Murray's souls. Um, not sure still to this day what AJ Green was thinking on that when he turned his head the wrong direction. I don't know if he was trying to block or what, but um, that actually wasn't an easy catch for Douglas either. So just a phenomenal catch that uh, gave the Packers the tiebreaker win over the Cardinals and really showed that Green Bay is a team to contend with in the NFC. I just remember texting my little brother just the entire drive. Like, this is so painful. So much pain. Pain. Uh, well, they're going to lose. That stinks. Uh, only to see, you know, A.J. Green mess up. We'll get the interception. And then just, oh, the chef's kiss was the the surrender Cobra Cardinals fan in the crowd as Russell waved bye-bye. Just completely distraught in the front row. Just perfect. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm surprised it didn't become more of a meme, you know, really than – anything but um i mean the packers have had their hearts stolen multiple times in that stadium so it was only fair that um they got one back last but not least my man i don't even know how to describe this it feels fitting that we're talking about it to end the show um considering it is bears week but number one i've owned you my entire bleeping life i own you i still own you i still own you Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago Bears rushing touchdown. Um, I've watched that clip so many times at this point. We sold shirts about it. I mean, how can you not be romantic about football, Chris? How can you not be fired up about that? (laughs) You know, it shows you how much Aaron Rodgers still feels fired up about that rivalry with the Bears. You know, even after everything in the spring and summer, uh, it shows you how much Aaron Rodgers still loves that and you know that somebody had the somebody had the gall to talk trash to him like he said on McAfee you know that he just kind of blacked out at that point and just started shouting you know at at that fan but I mean find the lie he does still own them he has owned them he will always own them um Aaron Rodgers has probably got a majority share in the Chicago Bears even more than McCaskey's at this point but uh he it just what I love most about this play though was just the swag factor of it. You know, just Aaron Rodgers is not a 
huge trash talker, so to speak, but just for him to openly embrace that rivalry kind of made me like, okay, you know, he's really, he's really in on this. So, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an Aaron Rodgers touchdown run. You know, we've seen plenty of those. I don't want to say there's anything, if I recall schematically unique about that play, but just his reaction to that just uh, galvanized uh, Packers fans. He's had some memorable rushing touchdowns this year, you know, obviously this one. And then uh, the one just last for, I guess, two weeks ago against the Rams um, that sh- I, mean, I think if you've seen that photo, look it up of Aaron Rodgers just kind of standing in the end zone. And in the background is Jalen Ramsey on the ground, just staring at him. It's just, it's too perfect. The fact that he shook Jalen Ramsey into the end zone is just incredible. Um, man. Wow. Yeah. The pump, the pump fake to the end of the abyss. Uh, faked out Jalen Ramsey, so he's he's still got it. We did it, Chris. We got through all ten. Um, fortunately, there are a bunch more games left to be played, so we actually might have you know plenty of more moments to talk about by the end of the year. I don't want it to be over yet. It, it's kind of sad that you know there's only a handful of games left. Uh, but you know, how what are you thinking? What are you thinking for the rest of the year, Chris? You thinking Soupy? You thinking Super Bowl? Uh, how can you how can you not think Super Bowl at this point? I mean, I'm. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm prepared to be hurt again because, um, you know, with all the uncertainty going into the offseason, we don't know if the Packers are going to get close again for a while. Hope so. Hope this hopefully this isn't the end. But I just want to enjoy every minute of it because uh, you don't know what's on the horizon. So that's that's the biggest thing is if however the season ends, if it doesn't end in a Super Bowl, I would really encourage, you know, fans, don't beat yourself up on it. Enjoy the ride because. Someday you might wish you were this close to a, to a Super Bowl again. And I say that as somebody who grew up pretty far, you know, and saw the Packers being God awful, you know, like Detroit, like Detroit Lions awful. Okay. The Packers went four and 12 and 91. Uh, it's the first season I really watched football and Detroit came within a game of the Super Bowl with Barry Sanders. So a lot, lot can change. So just uh, appreciate every moment of it, but God, I would, I would love to see the season end in a Super Bowl. And now that the defense is an asset, not a liability. I see no reason why not. 2019, Matt LaFleur's first year. I was like, this is a fun team. I can't believe they're playing as well as they have. Uh, they hit the playoffs, and I'm just like, you know, if they play San Francisco, they're totally screwed. And that happened. 2020, I was like, man, this offense is clicking, firing on all cylinders. That defense is a little iffy. You know, I hope we don't play Tampa. You know, Tampa happens. This year, bring it on. You know, I don't want to tempt fate. Tom Brady still scares me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But, you know, looking on paper at any other team they can face in the NFC. It's the first time in the LaFleur era where I'm like, bring it. This team can compete. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of, we've kind of seen it build a little bit and I would, this would, nothing would be more satisfying from the drama of the off season to have it end with a Lombardi. Uh, I, I think it would just be utterly perfect, but you know, I, you, you remember history, you know, the history sticks in the back of your mind. Like I am, I am prepared to be hurt again. And you know what? That's okay. That's <laughs> It's part of the deal. A lot of ball games left as one of our friends would say, uh, we'll leave you with that guys. Uh, soupy season is underway. Let's go. Uh, thanks for listening. And from Chris and myself, I love gold. Thanks guys. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 